0: You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Heavenly Father, I pray at this time that ultimately, not my words, but your living word would go forth that it would take root in our hearts and bear the fruit of salvation. This I ask and ourselves we offer, in the name of your Son, who is Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. None of us are immune uh, from expectations. It's part of life. We bring all sorts of expectations to relationships to our our lives to any number of things and as i say we can't completely get away from expectations and yet uh, they can be things which get in the way um, of our lives getting get in the way of our seeing what it is that we need to see Uh, a rather tried example of that uh, is a former prejudice of mine that has since been uh, addressed when we moved here to birmingham 17 years ago we did not think much of the Gulf Coast. Uh, in our estimation, it was just a big bay. Um, what's, what's the big deal? Now, before, we grew up on the East Coast, and, and for us, that was, that was what a beach should look like. And I know what you're thinking. You mean those dirty beaches uh, on the East Coast? And, and, yes, that was our understanding of what um, the coast should look like. Uh, that's since been addressed. Uh, We we love uh, the Gulf Coast now, lest you take umbrage um, uh, at what I'm saying this morning. Uh, And I I share that with you because not surprisingly, my uh, my thoughts and my prayers have been uh, with the people uh, certainly of the Gulf Coast and beyond this week as Hurricane Michael um, suddenly um, picked up uh, speed and intensity and did um, tremendous damage, not only of course uh, along the coast, but uh, but inland as uh, well, and uh, we would be uh, moved regardless uh, at uh, people's lives being rocked at the loss of lives, would be uh, moving regardless, but when one knows a place, uh, your your heart is moved in a different way when you feel a sense of connection um, to a place, and as I have been thinking about that and praying about that some this week, of course, it brought up memories of hurricanes we experienced when we lived uh, along the East Coast, particularly in Charleston. And uh, the most significant one was 1989. Hurricane Hugo ripped uh, through Charleston, uh, leaving tremendous damage uh, in its wake. And uh, remembering other ones, if some of you may remember, I may have mentioned it a time or two, um, that Paul and I peaked early. Uh, we lived uh, three years on Sullivan's Island. Uh, Sullivan's Island is one of the barrier islands uh, of Charleston, and uh, it was, in many ways, um, paradise, uh, with sort of three uh, notable exceptions. Mosquitoes, uh, one, no seams, uh 2 and then mandatory evacuations when hurricanes would come, being a barrier island God gave barrier islands to protect, um, well, to protect the mainland, and, and some of us chose to build houses um, out there. And so we would be periodically uh, evacuated in a, in a mandatory fashion. In one instance, I remember in particular, and I'm embarrassed to say that I don't remember the name of the storm. Uh, I, I don't remember um, his or her name, but it was one of the mandatory evacuations. And What I do remember is this, from Charleston to Columbia, uh, that drive is typically a little less than two hours. And on this particular instance, it took us 18 hours uh, to go from um, Charleston um, to Columbia. So well managed um, was the evacuation from Charleston uh, and the two lanes, Highway 26 leading out of Charleston, that it took Uh, that it took us 18 hours. And not surprisingly, I have memories. I have nightmares from that experience. But one of the things I remember uh, is uh, what we took with us. We took uh, Cheerios, uh, peanut butter, four juice boxes, um, all three of our children, um, and um, our, our, our family photos. This was this was pre-iPhone, so we, we grabbed the photos, uh, the family photos and the frames and, uh, and put them in boxes, loaded them um, in the car with the children, uh, and we made our way. And I share that with you probably not surprisingly as we look at the lesson today, as we read the gospel, and we hear of Jesus' um, interaction um, with the rich man. Uh, And as Jesus interacts uh, with this man, as he speaks to them, we see that the understanding and the expectations of this man, but also Jesus' disciples, uh, their understanding and their expectations are exploded uh, with what Jesus uh, calls him um, to do. Uh, And we see not only um, the man struggling with what Jesus says, but also Jesus' closest followers struggle with what Jesus has to say as well. And I, I share that story with you about um, the hurricanes because uh, for those of us uh, in coming back, it was one of the things that we reflected on. It was one of the things that we talked about with one another. Basically, the question, what did you take with you? Uh, what did you um, take with you when you left? Because not surprisingly, uh, what you took with you communicated um, what you valued uh, and what you thought was important. That was your, that was your treasure. That was what you couldn't imagine um, living without. That was what you took with you. And we hear that as Jesus uh, is traveling along the way, and when we hear that he is traveling along the way, what that makes known to us is that Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. Jesus is traveling along the way. He is on the way um, to the cross, um, to his death and to his resurrection on our behalf, and we hear that as he is traveling along the way, a man um, runs up to him and kneels before him and says those words, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And of course, you probably have the, the reaction immediately uh, with your Reformation thinking, do, um, you can't do anything to inherit uh, eternal life. It's, it's a gift. It's a matter of God's merits and God's Uh, accomplishments uh, and not uh, our own, but but we have to remember uh, the time and the place and the context uh, of this person. His understanding of the way to make uh, one's way toward God was through uh, moral accomplishments, was through acts, things done and things um, left undone. These were the means by which uh, one made their way, at least uh, the way in which he understood one made one's way toward God. Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life. And we hear that Jesus begins to um, interact with him. And and in essence, Jesus says, what what does the Bible say? Uh, What does um, God say? What um, are the commandments? Uh, Do not um, commit adultery. Um, Honor um, your father and your mother. Do um, not murder. Um, Do not Defraud. Jesus uh, says these things to him, and one of the things we note is not only does he list the things specifically from the commandments, but he puts in there as well, do not defraud, because uh, in that day, as, in now, as is now, uh, often wealth was accumulated um, by the exploitation and the oppression of the poor. Uh, and Jesus uh, addresses uh, him and says, what do the commandments say? What does the scripture say? And, and the man uh, says, all these um, I have kept since I was a boy. Now, perhaps, uh, once again, as you hear that, you think, no way. Um, no way uh, can he be accurate uh, in that response to Jesus. But it's, it's notable uh, that Jesus takes him at his word. And, of course, uh, as we know from reading through um, the Gospels, Jesus' uh, sort of tolerance um, for hypocrisy and deceit are, are basically nil. Um, and so had this man acted hypocritically, deceitfully, Jesus uh, would have called him on it immediately. Uh, But again, in in that particular time, in that particular context, the the commandments were understood as things that could um, be honored. He wasn't looking at this and and reading through this with the eye of the Beatitudes that that we have, that if one um, commits this uh, in their mind or or in their heart, uh, that they are guilty. And we hear that Jesus, uh, in their response, He looks on him and loves him. Jesus uh, doesn't um, dismiss this person. Uh, Jesus doesn't say, you know what, pal, Um, you've you've got it um, all wrong. Uh, In this man's response to Jesus, we we hear those wonderful words, Jesus um, looked on him, and the word which is used for looked on him means Jesus sees not only what's on the surface, but that which is beyond the surface as well. Of course, we know that about the way he looks anyway. Jesus uh, looks um, on this man, um, and he loves him. And that's important to, to note, to let that settle in as we hear Jesus' response to him. And of course, the response which Jesus gives uh, is entirely shocking, not only to this man, but it's shocking to Jesus' disciples as well. You lack one thing. Go sell all that you have give to the poor, and come and follow me, and you will have treasure in heaven. Well, let me pause for a moment and ask you, does that make any of you uncomfortable? It should. Uh, It certainly makes me feel a little uncomfortable as as I hear that. As I place um, myself in the shoes of that particular man, I think, how would I do uh, had Jesus said those words to me? Uh, and the reality is, uh, probably uh, begin to quibble. Well, how about half? Um, what about um, 25%? Um, okay, 75, but that's my, that's my final offer. Jesus, uh, we hear him say, go and sell everything you have and give to the poor. And, and this man we hear goes away sad because he had great possessions. And not only that, but the disciples themselves are shocked because their understanding, uh, in many ways, is our understanding today. For this man um, to be wealthy was a, a sign of God's favor. Surely God was pleased with this man. Surely God loved this man. Were it not so, he, he wouldn't be flourishing um, the way that he's flourishing. And, and not only that, but as, but as far as a moral report card, this guy had been doing a great job. Uh, and he had been trying um, very hard. But we hear that Jesus, uh, in his love... Um, for this particular person uh, gives a a specific prescription to him. Go uh, and sell everything that you have uh, and give to the poor uh, and come uh, and follow me. In this particular encounter and what we see uh, in Jesus as he encounters different people along the way, as he encounters uh, and speaks to you and to me as well, one of the things that we see unmistakably is Jesus' love and his grace and his mercy toward us are such that he will not uh, let idols reside at the center of our lives. He will not let idols reside at the center of our lives. False hopes, false securities, false promises that inevitably uh, in the storms and changes and transitions of life will be taken away from us. Uh, The things that if we find our ultimate meaning in them, if we find our ultimate security Um, in them. Uh, If we find uh, our hope in them, uh, inevitably they're going to be taken away from us and we're going to be bereft. Uh, We'll be hopeless. Uh, We'll be without strength and without security. Uh, And so Jesus speaks these words to him, not because he's the divine killjoy, but because he's the skilled surgeon. He realizes what needs to be addressed in this person's life because the reality is is that until this man um, ceases to place his hope and his security in his moral and religious accomplishments uh, and the wealth that he possesses, uh, until he moves those out of the way and aside, he'll ultimately be experiencing poverty. He will never know the true riches, he'll never know the true security that come from following Jesus along the way. He will never know the true security and treasure that cannot be taken away, which is a relationship in Jesus uh, and a dependence upon him and a finding our purpose and our guidance and our security um, in him. Jesus uh, addresses, and we hear that not only did this man, was he shocked and surprised and go away sad, but the disciples become anxious as well. Who then can be saved, they say? What chance do any of us have? And Jesus says, uh, I tell you the truth. It's as difficult as a camel going through the eye of a needle uh, for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Children, again, I tell you, it is easier uh, how hard it will be um, for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Uh, And Peter and the others are just as anxious, and they say, well, well, who can be saved? And, of course, Jesus says, with man, it's impossible, but all things um, are possible with God. It's not an accident. That this encounter uh, with this man is placed right next to Jesus welcoming the children um, into his arms and blessing them. And the portion of Mark right before this, if you remember, Jesus welcomes children. And in that day in that context, children were not as we sometimes uh, think of them today. They were not representative of purity uh, and goodness uh, and and all things wonderful. As Jesus welcomes children and says, one must receive the kingdom of heaven um, like these, what they had to offer to the equation is nothing. All that they had to offer to the equation was their need. All they had to offer to the equation was their vulnerability. And Jesus uh, speaks to this individual, and Peter and the others become anxious and say, "Well, well, you know, we've left everything. What what about us? Are we going to be okay? Is, is there hope for us? And of course, Jesus goes on to say, you can't even begin to imagine the riches and the blessing um, that will come to you. Everything that you've left behind, uh, God will repay that a hundredfold, brothers and sisters and uh, houses and mothers and lands uh, and persecutions. Uh, but the gift which will be given to you, the security will be given to you is beyond anything that you could accomplish or acquire on your own. Uh, I share one final story to hopefully perhaps put some flesh on that which Jesus promises um, to his followers, the the riches um, that we will receive uh, in walking with him. It's This December uh, will be four years uh, from Paula's accident. It feels odd to call it an accident. Many of you know what I'm referring to, and and you were with us uh, along that way. But for those of you who weren't, it was just shy of four years ago that my wife, as we were crossing the street, uh, we were walking across the street. She was hit by a a hit-and-run driver, and she was broken um, head to toe. And it was a harrowing, uh, traumatic experience. Three weeks uh, in the hospital, in the trauma burn intensive care unit, in Spain Rehab Hospital, and then just sort of months and months and, and, and years of recovery, and rehabilitation. And I, I'm delighted to say she's doing wonderfully. Uh, she's doing um, amazingly. She's back to wearing me out. Um, pray for me. Um, she is, um, she's, she's, back, uh, she's back to herself in, in many ways, but one of the things that, that we experienced during that uh, sort of most harrowing, most um, traumatic experience of our lives was blessing upon blessing, uh, was riches that we, would, we never would have known, we never would have experienced had we not been placed in that situation. Uh, but uh, so many uh, from the community of faith helped us in, in, in numerous ways. Those who were doctors or nurses helped us navigate all the medical stuff. One of my buddies who's an attorney helped me navigate filing insurance and dealing with medical bills. Our, our friends within the congregation who were builders and architects helped us build a ramp so we could get the wheelchair in the house, work on the uh, bathroom so she could uh, get in. Uh, people within the community of faith prayed for us uh, and you visited us and you, uh, and you brought us meals and you gave and, and, and it got to the point where I felt embarrassed. Uh, we, were, we were blessed uh, beyond our ability to say uh, thank you. Uh, it, w- it was beyond uh, our ability to express how grateful we were, how blessed we were how rich we were. We would never um, had known uh, that true richness. We would never have known that true blessing um, had um, our former sense of security been taken away from us. If we had not become broken, uh, if we had not become vulnerable, we, we would not have known um, this phenomenal richness which was given to us. And, and those words were true. We, all of a sudden, we had brothers and sisters and uh, mothers and, uh, and, and fathers within the community of faith, uh, a, a family beyond um, our ability to number, riches and security, which could not be taken away from us regardless uh, of circumstance. Jesus uh, encounters this man and speaks words which are shocking and which are surprising to him and which are shocking and surprising um, to his followers as well but he offers to us um, the way into the kingdom of heaven. He offers to us riches and security which cannot um, be taken away from us. And they're found not in the things that you and I can accumulate or accomplish, but by, but by giving, uh, by following um, him, uh, by recognizing that we bring nothing to the equation save our need uh, and our vulnerability. And in looking to and turning to him, uh, we receive nothing less than the Kingdom of Heaven. We receive nothing less than a genuine security and meaning uh, that can never be taken away from us. And as we hear that this day, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you love us to the point that you speak truthfully to us, uh, and you call us away from the many things that we create as idols um, in our lives, our our false hopes and securities. I pray that this morning and going forward that you would speak to us specifically in our hearts and our minds that you might um, reveal to us that which gets in the way of our true richness and security in you and that you would draw us to yourself that we might know the joy of your kingdom and the joy of your salvation. This I ask, this I offer in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.